0: This episode of Your Catholic Life is brought to you by Iowa Catholic Radio, connecting listeners with Christ, iowacatholicradio.com. That's iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome everyone to Your Catholic Life, a podcast for Catholics, by Catholics, helping you grow in your faith. I'm John Leonetti, your host. There I was, listening to all the canned talking points yet again. Catholicism's outdated, it's behind the times, it's boring. And I remember it like it was yesterday, and I put up with it longer than what I probably should have, partly because the croissant I was eating was so good, but that's neither here nor there. While it's easy to point a finger at them, and I think we Catholics sometimes can do that, what are they missing, Uh, what do they need, Uh, I decided I was going to point the finger at myself. What am I not doing How am I not living in order to get the gospel message out? The message that Catholicism, an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, and the love of his church is the most exciting venture that we'll ever embark upon. My guest today knows all about that adventure. Catholic author, speaker, known as the Bible geek, keynote at the 2016 Christ Our Life Catholic Regional Conference here in Des Moines, Iowa. Mark Hart's my guest. Mark, you're the man.
1: Oh, John. John. Oh, a. J. Omo, oh, you're the man! No, come on! <laughs> no, you're the man.
0: Uh, I got a question for you. Why are you Catholic?
1: Well, you know, I, you know, if you're gonna go for it, go for it. You know, if you want to have your your donuts on Sunday morning, get the donuts with sprinkles. You I know, agree. Uh, you know, if if you're gonna if you're gonna follow the commandments, why not go the whole way, not part of the way? You know, not the edited for TV version. I'm Catholic because we got the director's cut with all the special features. When it comes to the scriptures and the sacraments. And yeah, and we got a Pope mobile. Are you kidding me? I, no one else has a Pope mobile. No Hello? One. No one else has a Pope mobile. Were you did. always,
0: was your faith always important to you? Uh, I was always important to my
1: parents. Um, you know, I, I, I grew up, I was one of six kids, you know, and uh, it, it, we were going to get our sacraments. That was the thing, you know. And you know, we, uh, we never missed Mass on Sundays. We always prayed before meals. But in terms of importance, you know, God was kind of that lucky rabbit's foot. You know, He was kind of there for good measure. He was there when you needed Him. Um, he provided a foundation uh, for a house that I'm not sure we had a plan for. If that makes sense, yeah. Do you know what I mean? No. Like, so yeah, in my family, it was you. Know, you got, it was something you did. It was. It was probably based more on ritual than relationship. To be honest, it wasn't until uh, I got to be a teenager that, that that God started becoming important to me personally.
0: Now, how did that happen?
1: Uh bribery. Truthfully, um, my my, uh, my my mom and dad, I, I they were threatening me if I did not go on my confirmation retreat, uh, and if I did not get confirmed, that I would get my car taken away. And that's a very motivating thing when you're 16. I remember those days. Um, <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> back when I had dark hair. And Happens you had hair. to the best of <laughs> us. <laughs> no, uh, it was very motivating. Uh, but it was at a time of my life. It wasn't so much just the, the, the confirmation process or that retreat in particular. It was just it was a time in my life when I was asking a lot of questions internally. Maybe I wasn't expressing them externally, but I was, I was, I was searching, I was thinking. Um, you know, my, my, my questions about life were deepening, and it just, it they all kind of convalesced, you know, coalesced, into the, convalesced, all coalesced at the perfect <laughs> time, you know, where, um, where all of a sudden it was, uh, here, here I was, just a sinner, a beggar, just longing for something, for someone, and God did not disappoint.
0: Was there someone that God put in your life to kind of coach you through that?
1: Yeah, actually, my youth minister. Um, he uh, he was uh, he was new to the parish. He came in. He started this thing called Life Teen, and um, I remember the time he was he was just different. He wasn't uh, he wasn't what I, was, what I was accustomed to when it came to the catechist. He was just really down to earth. He was a regular guy. Um, really spoke to me like a like a person and not like a child. Um, asked me difficult questions that I didn't have answers to, but he was patient with me. I was I was young. I was a know it all. I was sarcastic and snarky and. He was just very patient, no, you know. No, no, I know. Not I know, you. Perish the, the thought. <laughs> you no, know, but uh, it was great. He was, um, he was very real, and I, I was, it was. was one of the first, well, the first catechists I'd ever known or looked at, and said, "Wow!" Like. Okay, he's Catholic and he's normal. So what, what's the secret? What's, what's in the secret sauce? Why is he, why is he Catholic? I'm sure he's heard of other options. Right. And uh, you know, honestly, he was just uh, he was very real and he challenged me in my ego and in my pride and in my sin. And I'm happy to say to this day that we are still good friends. He actually lives in my neighborhood. We've been friends for about 25 years. It comes full circle. It does. His kids, his kids, bigger than my kids.
0: And now it's, you're working with young people around the country, really across the world, with LifeTeen as the vice president, right?
1: I am. I am. Working is a strong word. Yes. You no. Know, I show up. There's yeah. Sometimes there's donuts. That's you know, it. But yeah. I'm there. It's mm-hmm. the way
0: to go. Uh, Mark Hart's my guest right now. You know him as the Bible geek. Um, faith, you know, is, is certainly a struggle, I think, for a lot of people. You know, we're all a mess, and, and you know that. I know that. None of us have our lives put together as hard as we may try to make it look like we do. Um, biggest struggle for people in your travels, uh, in your work with young people. Biggest struggle for people in the church today
1: trust Trust that, that God is real um, trust that the God that they know is real uh, is actually listening or actually cares or wants good things for them. trust that when things go south um, and everyone else you know leaves that God won't um, trust that uh, that's going to be okay that, that tomorrow's going to turn out whether that's financially medically um, trust that uh, that the kids that you've raised or the kids that they're raising, that your kids or your grandkids are going to uh, are going to love the Lord uh, like you do, even though they seem far from Him. Trust that um, that that when you pray, that God hears you, and when you pray, that someone's listening, that He cares. Um, trust that in this world, uh, this current world, just filled with darkness and death and despair and hopelessness, trust that it's going to be okay, yeah. and that God knows your name, and trust that He is coming for us. And uh, and trust that no matter how bleak it seems right now, that all things work for the good for those who love Him, as it says in Romans.
0: Uh, my uh, listeners right now might think this is planned, but it's not. You know, last night, literally, I, I'm sitting down, and we're, you know, my my daughter Gianna, she's about ready to walk. I mean, she's she's getting there, right? And uh, I, I I stand her up, you know, to mom, and I'm like, all right, you know, here we go. Let let's do this, right? Don't don't break anything. Just go. And she literally just, like, superwomaned into my wife's arms. I mean, it was amazing. Just just fell. I mean, like a trust fall leaped into her arms. And, you know, my wife caught her. But I, I could not help but think exactly as you were talking about that. And last night, the first thing that came to my mind, are we doing that with God on a regular basis?
1: Yeah, and, and I think I think the answer, John, truthfully, from for a lot of people, is yes. But for most people, I think it's no. Yeah. For most people, I, I don't think that we're, we're doing that trustful. I don't think we're lunging and leaping towards God. I think, uh, I think for most of us, we're just kind of trying to figure out how to stand on our own. And, and because, you know, it, it's almost as though if we trust in God, then that, then that presupposes we're going to have to trust him all the time. And we have to trust him with where he wants to lead us, and that might not be a place we want to go. You know, so I think that for a lot of people, it's, it's good. We function in a way that I want to know God is there. I want to know he's there in case I fall. But I really don't want to run to him. I kind of want to run my own way. We're we're, we're still the prodigal son. We're we're still the rebel sinner, you know. And very, very seldom, unless you've had that that encounter, unless you've had that really deep personal encounter with the Lord, where you know He's real, and you know He's not a what, but He's a whom, and you know that He's there for you, and it becomes easier—not easy, but easier to run to him easier to lunge towards him. but even then how many of us have had that and we still struggle with this and this is and god knows we're going to struggle with it he knew we were going to struggle that's why throughout the old testament consistently constantly generation after generation he constantly kept saying remember remember what i did for you remember the covenant we have remember what happened when I led you out of slavery, remember what happened when I I led you in victory over that army, constantly saying remember year after year, generation after generation, all the way up to the upper room and to one last supper, where he looks at his closest followers and he says, remember this, Mm -hmm. and then do this in remembrance so that we never forget how much God loves us.
0: Let's talk family life for a second. You got a wife and kids. Uh, How do you raise your kids and keep them Catholic today?
1: Uh, again, bribery—it it is the, mo- the most effective parenting tool. I'm sure you'd agree. No, yeah, well, um, nah, listen, I, listen. Getting my son
0: in the mass with some donuts—it it does work, and I have tried it.
1: I'll tell you what—I I really believe being a hostage negotiator at a bank <laughs> would actually be pretty easy compared to getting a two-year-old to go to bed. bed. Uh, no, we, I, yes, we have four kids—a uh, teenager on down to two—and um, you know what—I I, I don't have a magic formula. You know, we're doing the best we can. We're, we're a mess, like you said, like everybody else. Um, when it comes to mass, when it comes to keeping them Catholic, you know, I, th- I think at least for what we're trying to do is we're trying to make sure that God is just part of the everyday conversation. That you know, a, a day doesn't go by when God doesn't come up just in general conversation. Whether that's what do we, you know, what do we need prayers for, or just you know something fun. The other night at dinner, you know, my eight-year-old said, "You know, did Jesus ever ride a horse?" You know, and we had probably about a fifteen-minute conversation at dinner about did Jesus question. ride a horse and do we know if Jesus rode a horse? And, but the fact was <laughs> is that that she asked it. And that's where I feel like you can say, okay, we're making progress or we're not, because if, we're not, if, if the Lord seems distant and not, not intimate, if the Lord seems um, far away and not near, then I think it becomes a lot more difficult to kind of, quote-unquote, sell, for lack of a better term, your family on this concept of faith, because without the relationship, it just becomes religion. And a lot of people have a, and think religion is a dirty word. Religion actually means relationship in its oldest derivative. But it's such a dirty word in today's culture. Religion, this religion of yours. You know, I'm, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious right. here. Oftentimes, but you know, I think when um, when we articulate that God is not a distant, just a distant creator of stars, but that God is, is very near to us, and that God uh, desires a relationship with us, and that God drew near to us, as it says in James. You know, that that what we have to remember is that um, the sacraments are about intimacy, the scriptures are a love letter; they're about intimacy prayer is about intimacy. And I think in a screen-based culture, we uh, are becoming increasingly disconnected and, and uncomfortable with intimacy. So for us, we, we try to limit the screen use, try to focus on eye contact. Uh, we make prayer a priority and just talk about the fact that God is there and God's walking with us throughout the course of the day, even if we can't see him. You know, And when we do that and we do those things, it doesn't solve every problem. But it makes it a little simpler when you're talking about going to Dad's house, you know going to your father's house and having a meal with your family, because you've you've held those consistent terms about family the other hundred and sixty seven hours a week mm.
0: most effective way you've seen to evangelize the faith
1: joy joy I mean even rats get off a sinking ship, you know yeah. um, Mother Teresa said joy is the net uh, by which we catch souls. And in, a, in this culture right now, it's so increasingly hopeless and dark. And everyone is in despair and everyone's got an issue with someone else. But you know the one thing that cuts through everything, even even faster than, than truth and truth absolutely cuts through the chase. But one of the things that, that brings souls together faster than even truth is joy. You know, because if the person you're speaking to doesn't believe that you care about them and that you love them, it doesn't matter how, how smart or doctrinal or truthful what you're saying is, because ultimately they're going to shut you down or tune you out. So if you have joy, which is so attractive, joy is the is the the great uniter. It, it separates, the, it, it, it extinguishes the distance between souls. And if you can be joyful, and and you're consistently joyful, even in the wake of hard times, bad days, hard weeks, like St. Peter said, people are going to come to you, and they're going to come to you seeking what? Seeking the source joy. Of your peace, the source of your joy, they're going to come to you. That's a pretty huge presupposition. Are we are we the kind of Catholics that are living in such a way that people are coming to us saying, "How are you so peaceful? How are you so hopeful? How are you so joyful? How are you doing this?" You know, and if we are, then we know we've accomplished something really special. We've accomplished something that's very good. That's what the evangelization is. It's good news.
0: Mark Hart's my guest. We're all a, a mess, as you said, uh, and, uh, you know, oftentimes we can think that we have it all put together, but we really don't, uh, especially in the line of uh, Catholic speakers uh, and and people, you know, people know your name. What do you
1: struggle with? You know, um, getting out of God's way, you know, getting out of God's way, transparent, not, not also with transparency, but what comes with the transparency? Because, yeah. and this is going to sound terrible. I'm not. I'm not your typical Catholic speaker, quote unquote. even though you're not. You know, John. And you and I have been in a lot of a lot of conferences. You've been in a lot of rooms, green rooms, backstage, where you meet a lot of different people. And this is not to sound judgmental or roll anybody under a bus. But there's certain people that you meet, and when you interact with them, you you, you kind of walk away going, mm. you know, like that was that was okay. That yeah. was a little awkward. Yeah. That was a little rough. Like that person is a little hard to to talk to, to be around. And then, you know, they're on stage, and they're just, oh, hey, you know, everything is right in my universe, and my kids are all perfect, and I feel God's love all the time. You know, and, and, and look, at there's my daughter, and she farts unicorns or whatever, you know. <laughs> and it's it's just hard because I'm, I'm not like – I am a mess, right. you know. I am very up and down with God. I, I, I wrestle with God. I, I love him. but There's a lot of days I wake up, and I'm not in love with him. You know what I mean? But I love him. You know, and and uh, or there's times that I'm seriously, sure you know I love that he's not in love with me he is, but I think what's hard is that um you know you when you walk out on a stage it, it might seem like oh like that person's got all together it's so glamorous I try to I try to be as transparent as authentic as possible yeah. when I'm out there just so I'm like look I'm I'm speaking of myself right now I'm not out here because I have all the answers I'm out here because I know the answer mm-hmm. and his name is Jesus Christ I'm not out here because I have it all figured out or because my marriage is perfect or because my my. My kids and I don't still, don't still you know have disagreements, or because you know all my employees think that I'm the best thing ever. I'm not why I don't write books because I have nothing else to do. I write, I, you know, I'll write a book because I, I feel led to do it or called to do it because I want to share the person that I'm getting to know and the person who died for me and loves me. I want to share that as much as I can, you know. So, uh, you know, the Irish have an old saying, and I love it because I'm Irish. Um, it said, uh, "Lord grant us life until our work is over, and work until our life is done." Mm and um that never left me and i was wondering why at a young age i read it when i was a teenager it never left me And i think it's because it, it speaks to the purpose that god has for us you know I, I didn't i didn't set out to be in ministry i didn't set out to speak or anything like that it was but as i pray more about it and as the lord opened doors i tried to say yes to him yeah. you know um and i think i think at the end of the day it's this is not about it's, it's not about having all the right answers and when i get on a stage i'm not trying to give everybody all the right answers like i said i'm trying to i'm trying to introduce them to the answer but for me it's more about prudence. Um, the virtue of prudence is not rooted in having all the right answers. It's in helping people ask the right questions. And that's all I'm really trying to do because, you know, we're all sinners and we're all at different places on a journey. And how smug or egotistical of me to stand up and say, this is what you need to go do just to random person X and row Y. Sure. But instead to stand up and just say, um, let me just, let me tell you, let me tell you about a guy uh, who loves you, uh, who knows you better than you know yourself, who, Stop at nothing to ensure that you have a chance to live with them forever. Let me tell you about a church who in in the in the the, the weight uh, of popular opinion speaks speaks and proclaims beautiful objective truth. Let me tell you about uh, a story or a series of stories in which you will not only find out that you're lost but find out that you're found. Let me tell you about uh, a, a series of ways of covenants of manners in which you can come to know the intimacy of God and have his life in you in the most abundant way possible. Let me tell you about these older brothers and sisters in the faith who have gone before you and give their entire life, who had circumstances more difficult than yours, but somehow found a way to love and to live virtuous lives, and by, whom, by whose example you'll be inspired to live a greater life yourself. There's no more exciting place on the planet, no more exciting thing on the planet than to live as a Catholic Christian, especially in times like this one, when people so badly and desperately need truth and need God. And this is a tremendous call we've been entrusted with.
0: Yeah. I, I find myself uh, for the first 10 minutes of every talk explaining to the audience why they should not be listening to me uh, for the next 50 minutes after that. You know, and, and, and in, in a lot of sense, you're right. You know, we're, we, we struggle the same difficulties. And um, and that's why we're there, because uh, I think oftentimes we experience it a little bit more. Uh, let's go rapid fire questions. You ready for this? Sure. Let's do it. All right. To end here. Favorite scripture passage?
1: Oh, Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah 8.10, love it. Favorite saint, why? Ooh, you're playing dirty One. now. One, uh, I'm gonna say Okay, I'm going to say St. Joseph. And I know it seems token because he's the second most important saint, but I think the fact is that he saw the most amazing things ever and was silent. You know why? Even when he lost Jesus in the temple, he was silent because he's smart. Hmm. Favorite book? <laughs> Favorite book. Uh, I'm going to say Three to Get Married by Fulton Sheen.
0: Favorite Catholic author, speaker, radio host, who's has a podcast named Your Catholic Life?
1: Obviously, John Leonetti. Oh, I mean, man. Can I quote, you on, you, Can I oh, quote you on do. that? Can I quote you on that? Favorite food. I, I'm a fan of Pope Francis, but I really like Leonetti. <laughs> uh, favorite, favorite I might food. have to put that on there. Yeah. I'm going to say pizza, because pizza. even when it's bad, it's still good. Favorite color? Black. Favorite child. The color the priesthood. Favorite child. Favorite child. Usually depends on what day you're asking me. <laughs>
0: Use <laughs> Mark Hart, everyone. Uh, I can't wait to see it. This is going to be a lot of fun. September 24th and 25th at the Christ Our Life Catholic Regional Conference right here in Des Moines, Iowa. 10,000 strong. Uh, Mark Hart will be there again. God bless you, brother. Thanks for doing this.
1: Always a pleasure,
0: John. See you soon. Man, I appreciate it. There you have it, friends. You know, St. Ambrose uh, once said, faith means battles. If there are no contests, it is because there are none who desire to contend. There's always going to be that battle, that battle of life and that battle in our faith. But the victory we know, the victory lies within Jesus Christ and his church. I want you to get on board with that, friends, and I want you to jump all in. And it's not a one-time thing. It's an everyday thing for all of us. Every day, jumping, like I t- shared the story of my, uh, my daughter a little bit ago, leaping into our mother, who's the church, in her arms nothing more exciting than that friends make sure to share this and other episodes of your catholic life on facebook and twitter inviting your friends to take part in this show once again thanks to my guest mark Hart today i'm john linetti signing off here on your catholic life remember the only way to happiness is by holiness be confident in christ's mercy
1: and his love today